Good day. Welcome in. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. And uh, we still got an hour, a jam-packed hour. Going to hear from Matt LaFleur in this hour. Uh, Grant is going to give us his breakdown on the weather situation. And his thoughts there, that's coming up. And in the meantime, the guy that's uh, kind of waiting in uh, via layover, heading out to San Francisco, more so Santa Clara, our guy Mike Clemens on the ground. Mike, how you doing, pal? I'm good, although I just realized I forgot to pack a poncho. And I seriously think I'm going to need that, uh, at least yeah. uh, in the parking lot at uh, Levi Stadium, because it looks like it's going to be maybe a, a steady drizzle. But no, I, um, I left Green Bay early this morning, and... My flights today are Milwaukee Mitchell to Minneapolis Airport, and that's where I'm at now. And we board here at about 45 minutes to go to San Francisco, uh, and then I, you know, get a room tonight. I'm tempted to go north, man. I want to go to that place you got us in Sonoma for Super Bowl 50 with the lemon tree yeah. in the backyard and the right. wine country. Except that, awesome. that would that would probably be two two and a half hours north of. Uh, San Jose right. and tomorrow's game day. And, you know, remember the game, the game, our time out there is going to be 5.15. So it's like, uh, probably, probably better stick to the media hotel in San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I remember that trip though. That trip was so cool because we would get up in the morning, our time here to, to kind of stay on Milwaukee time, which was like 4 a.m. out there. And we're crossing the Golden Gate Bridge almost alone with it all lit up coming across the San Francisco Bay every morning. And that was such a cool experience. Yeah, and the sun coming up over the bay, and, and then yeah. not to mention all the places we hit for dinner that week, too. It was just, yep. it's awesome. You know, when I went back there about six months later, that area, I took the family and went to that uh, jacuzzi um, uh, vineyard place that, you know, yeah. one of your friends, Deb, uh, had taken me to. So, all great. Right. So, so, yesterday, Bill, we, you know, the week finishes up, and... The Packers are loose. They're extremely proud of what they accomplished in Dallas. Uh, they got all kinds of accolades and kinds of questions like, you know, how did you pull that off? And they're just, hey, we're a young bunch. We're learning. We're following our rules. We've worked all season to communicate and get better. And, yeah, we, we kind of feel like we're a young, dangerous team. And look out. Nobody expected this, uh, this uh, from us. And I don't think that they had a sense of pressure. I think LaFleur is probably a little nervous because he doesn't want to be the next Mike McCarthy. I mean, he doesn't want this team to get blown off the field tomorrow night. And, right. you know, there's always that possibility because Kyle Shanahan's a darn smart coach with a game plan, right? Right. Mike, uh, you know, this team, this Packers team's coming in pretty healthy and kind of getting back to health. Now, the only guy we really don't know about, he did have limited yesterday, was – what was uh, A.J. Dillon, but everybody else short of Angabari looks like they're going to be all hands on deck for this game. Same thing with the 49ers, too, though, by the way. A.J. Dillon, your halfback, your power back, is, would really come in handy to spell uh, Aaron Jones, uh, still dealing with that uh, you know, right broken thumb. And he's been dealing with a neck injury. It kept him out of one game there, but uh, that's been back and forth. Well, it kept him out of the, the Cowboys game, as a matter of fact. Uh, so he's limited yesterday as if to say, I think they put him down as questionable. We'll see tomorrow afternoon if, uh, if he can go. Here's another one that kind of popped up, the punter, Dan Whelan. And, you know, he uh, was on the list. Turns out he's like battling a flu bug. I saw him in the locker room in there drinking some fluids and whatnot. I think he was limited in practice. 
Lafleur doesn't seem to be concerned about it. Like, yeah, he's dealing with the flu now. He's on the list, but he'll be out there punting and uh, and holding and holding kicks for Anders Carlson. Now, there's a lot of people that think, you know, you don't want to lose this game to a missed point after touchdown. Right. And, and you know, are they going to do something? You know, they've got Kingsley Inigbari, JJ, who. For some reason, it still hasn't been like officially widely reported that it, the the concern is it was a torn ACL in the right knee, and so and I don't know people don't seem to be asking or there doesn't seem to be a flow of information that it was confirmed that you know the surgery's next week. We're not getting any information like that. Just the only thing the teams will say like Sacha or the floor is just you know a great kid, great performer, going to be missed. We'll see him next year. Etc. But um, you could put him on IR, and you can open up a spot if you want to sign a kicker off the street. I mean, we we wonder if that'll be that kind of activity, and that would probably have to go down by this afternoon, right? Because right. the game's on a Saturday. Right. No, you're right. They would have if they would make that move. They'd probably be doing it right now, and you probably would have seen somebody in there kicking already. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were snooping around for that too. To see, but they, you know, they made those practices really short. So I was like, okay, end of period. Like, some of the TV people like, I just got my camera going here. What do you mean? You know? So they were kicking right. us out because it, it's a, a playoff week. Um, yeah, I, here's the other thing, too. On the other side of the ball, they, you know, the 49ers, like Ryan Logan, their, uh, their safety, um, or, or Logan Ryan, rather, he's uh, – um, been dealing with a, a groin injury, but he was full participation yesterday. Uh, Kittle, he's got a back, but he's been full participation all week. The guy to watch is inside on their, their defensive front, uh, their inside linebacker, Dre Greenlaw. He's down with an Achilles. I right. was limited yesterday, but that's huge in terms of the guy alongside Fred Warner to control the A gaps, the B gaps, uh, and the short passing. And you know who's at the strong side linebacker for these guys? Is Oren Burks, former Packer. You remember you did a one-hour show yeah. with him on that Friday night yep. show we used to do? Yep. I mean, yep. you, you know what a quality guy that was. He was a third-round pick for Green Bay, and he you know, kind of slow to develop his first year. He started getting more snaps. One, I remember it was his, I think it was his rookie year where he made a tackle on a, on a hard-charging quarterback that was running the ball. He kind of stuck his arm out like a clothesline, and it darn near ripped his arm out of his shoulder. He had a so, shoulder injury. His rookie year that lasted like a couple of months. So that really set him back. But by the time he was getting to that third or fourth year, I thought he was a pretty good all-round player, special teams, uh, maybe a first-team linebacker, second-team guy. But when it got to March, uh, I don't think he was getting calls back from Gutekinds right away. And his agent had a chance to hook him up with the 49ers, and he's been there ever since. And I asked LeFleur about it yesterday, and he said, yeah, you know, he was a good kid, uh, He's really improved the last two years. He's in their base defense. He'll be out there. But there's some, you know, I was listening to Greg Papa and some of the other uh, 49ers guys saying they might have a little bit of a dilemma on defense but because these pack, Aaron Jones is so fast right now, and then you got these four or five fast young wide receivers. Do you stick with your base defense and try and stop the run first, or do you have to put in, you know, more of a dime defense to keep up with the wide receivers. 
You know, Mike, we were talking about that. that what do you do? Because they, it's not like anybody's great. It's just that they've got a lot of. They've got depth. They've got guys that can catch passes. And then if you happen to throw a Christian Watson in there who makes a couple of big catches or can get over the top, all of a sudden that moves the lid. And then you've got two tight ends, both of whom can catch the football. I mean, it, it's really it, – it, it's not a juggernaut that everybody looked at all season long and went, holy mackerel, look at this offense. But it's, it's coming on to where they can go almost anywhere and make yeah. plays right now. Excellent point, Bill. Because when they, when they do that two tight end personnel and, and one running back, that means that they've got to keep more of those big bodies out there, and not necessarily the small bodies, to, to, to cover those tight ends, whether they're – used for blocking for Aaron Jones or short targets, you know, that makes a difference as to what the 49ers are going to have to commit to. And that's, you know, that's what the Packers used a lot against the Cowboys, and it, it worked so well for them. So, you know, overall right. the week um, in the locker room, um, this young group uh, all came forward. We had good discussions with them. You've been playing back uh, some of those interviews today. Jaden Reed was cracking up a little bit. He's had a little fun. Aaron Jones, they kind of let the families in. Uh, his young son was there. So Jaden Reed took the little kitty Packer helmet, you know, a little thing. It almost looked like one of those collectibles, put it on his head. It, it just barely fit. And he, you know, he kind of mugged for the cameras, and it, it looked kind of funny. Like, I'm all set to go, man. I'm ready to play now. And it was yeah. pretty funny. And so, you know, they're clowning around like that. There's a ping pong table they've had in the back with the practice squad guys' lockers. They moved that out to over the G in the main locker room. And everybody was taking turns playing ping pong, like Jordan Love was packing up his stuff and ready to get out because yesterday was Friday. Yesterday was get out, you got the night, and you, tomorrow you got to get to the airport. We're going to do a walkthrough and then get on the plane and go to San Fran. And I said, do you any good at this? Because guys are taking turns. He goes, oh, yeah, I can beat everybody. And I went, I, then I went to Lucas Van Ness, and we were talking about, you know, the, the tough offensive line of the 49ers and going against Christian McCaffrey. And then when the guys broke up, I pointed to the guys playing ping pong. Uh, Josiah DeGuar is supposed to be the locker room champ currently. And I said to Vanessa, I said, you get in there because I'm the best ping pong player on this team. <laughs> so, <laughs> all, you know, so, so they're finding ways to bond and take, have a little fun. But, you know, that's not to say that they are all trying to prepare to see if they could. I mean, how last weekend, we're never going to forget that beat down on the Cowboys ever. Ever. That's yeah. one of those top five, six games you're, you're always going to remember. But if they pull this thing off tomorrow night, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It'll be incredible. Right. Mike, um, how much does Matt LaFleur need this one to finally get over the postseason hump that is Kyle Shanahan? I don't think he does, Bill. I don't think he does. I don't think this is going to look like McCarthy. I think everybody should be amazed what he pulled off last weekend. And I think everybody should be amazed what he pulled off the last month of the season to even qualify to get in as a wild card team. Nobody, you know, all your national experts said, what, six wins, seven wins at the most. And mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, the fact that Green Bay, has, it, now it's turned out for them, they did it the right way. They trained a quarterback. He was, he was ready probably by last year. And now he's taken over. And you've got every franchise now owner saying, why aren't we doing this instead of drafting some kids, throwing him out there and finding out he's the next Mac Jones, finding out he's right. the next, you know, bust or so. Uh, or it takes, it takes these quarterbacks three teams and five, six years in the league before they become Baker Mayfield and they actually get into the playoffs. So 
I think I think Lafleur. If I'm, I mean, they should be talking about extension for him right now. Really, I think just to get this yeah. team in the right frame of mind moving on to 2024 and 2025. The uh, I want to go back to the defense real quick, Mike. And we're seeing a lot, and we talked about this with Bill Huber earlier. We're seeing a lot of things that, over the last few weeks that they just didn't do. I mean, we're seeing stunts, we're seeing blitzes. We're seeing more man coverage, press coverage, than we probably have all season. Is this just Joe Barry saying, hey, guys, just go play. Just go play and go go wing it, go have fun. I mean, you did mention Rashawn Gary. His numbers are down, and he's been kind of quiet. But other than that, it seems like everybody is kind of getting into the act right now. Yeah, Rashawn Gary again. I mean, I mean, he, he walked by. He hasn't talked to us, I think, since Jair's suspension. And I don't get that. I he he just got paid, man. He should be a vocal leader. He should be talking to the fans, whatever, you know. And when you ask Joe Barry about Rashawn, he's like, listen, there's a lot of things he does that, you know, are under the radar that don't show up in the stat sheets. And I'm like, I, I'm not buying that. I know he's got a knee injury. Well, when they, they're talking about, you know, his knee from last year. He's, you know, he's got some soreness right. still coming back from that ACL. But, you know, you'd like to see that guy have a – Three sack game tomorrow night against Brock Purdy. You'd like to see that dog unleashed, but no, I, I think that essentially there has to be, you know, you, you kind of went up and down. You went through the Jair situation, and I'm I'm telling you the way Valentine and Valentine have played on the corners, the way these safeties have stepped up. I mean, Jonathan Owens suddenly looking like a football player, and that's mm-hmm. Anthony Johnson's kid. You know, to me, they're still not the hard hitting. Pro Bowl safeties that you're really going to need if you're going to get to the next level. But uh, those guys, they haven't let the explosive games get by like you saw the Cowboys have and some of the teams that they've beat. And the other thing is when when LaFleur can get 10 points or more on the board first, it's a whole different defense. And then Joe Barry feels like he can release the dogs. He can take shots. He can go for the quarterback and not worry about like, oh, man, we blitzed on that play, and the quarterback was smart enough to pick it up and, you know, gashes for 20 yards like Baker Mayfield did, you know, 10 times to Chris Godwin. Mike, real quick before I let you go, I mean, what I get is the sense that this team going into the postseason, one of the looser teams there is. I mean, it's a camaraderie team. It's a loose team. They're playing with house money, but yet they've got one thing in mind, and that's winning this football game. Uh, there's something to be said, and I've said it before, there's something to be said for guys that get along together both on and off the field, right? There's something to be said for a receiver core that knows where the quarterback wants to go with the football because it's the play he called in the huddle or the check he made at the line. And it, it doesn't get any more complicated than that. And and when you talk to Adam Stadovich, and I said, you know, Romeo said on some of those receptions he made for 20, 25 yards, that he's just following his rules. Like, if they're going to cover Christian and they're going to cover Jaden Reed, number 11, then that means I'm supposed to go to the sideline and wait to be a safety valve, and I'll be. And Jordan knows, even if he's under pressure and running for his life, if he just flicks it over there, I'll be there to help him out. But Stanovich says, yeah, but you know what? Romeo's too humble, man. He's running terrific routes. So you've got all these things working together as a team, and if that offensive line can give him that two-and-a-half seconds and keep Nick Bosa off his throat and, and Aaron Jones, again, can pick up that pass protection, look out. 
look yeah. out. And that's what's working for these guys. And the last three teams have not even been able to come close to stopping it. And that's absolute magic, and it starts with the quarterback. Cool, calm, and, and throwing darts. Mike, good stuff as always. Uh, be safe on the flight out, and we'll talk to you again coming up tomorrow night, pal, okay? Talk to you in the postgame show. Thank you, Bill. There we go. That's uh, Mike Clemens standing by in Minneapolis at the airport on his way, catching a connector flight out to Santa Clara, California. Good stuff from him. Uh, Hey, our friends at Buzzard Billy's in the Starlight Lounge, they got fish fry tonight. So if you're out in the La Crosse area over there on Pearl Street, swing on in. And then afterwards, head upstairs, get yourself a craft cocktail, sit back, relax. It's been a hell of a couple of weeks, snow and cold and bath and get out, enjoy yourself, cold beer. And then you get, or maybe a hot toddy, who knows? But I'm telling you, go get the fish fry. But in addition to that, they have got a Wisconsin beer cheese soup at Buzzer Billy's. That's absolutely fantastic. And if you want to really go crazy, get the hush puppies. They're as big as meatballs. I'm not kidding you. They're huge. Huge. I don't know where, where they make that stuff, but, man, it's just amazing. Buzzer Billy's, Starlight Lounge upstairs, really, really, really good stuff. And tell them I sent you. Uh, we got a, we're we're going to find out via the weather, uh, Grand Bill's little – uh, kind of breakdown, I guess. The statistics, the 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 nomenclature of weather coming up next in the Bill Michaels. Ready. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's right there on West Wisconsin Avenue, uh, whether it's for a concert you want to go to, weddings, meeting space, you name it, they got it, and they've been keeping the Irish Cultural Center alive for a while now, and it's the ICHC. Go to ICHC.net, and uh, whether it's the pub in the back or the fact that you want to go catch a performance, and I'm telling you, come uh, the night before St. Patrick's Day, we're all going to be there for Cynthian. But they got a lot of good acts coming up, a lot of good ones. And so if you're looking for some, uh, just a fun night out, just a good fun night out, go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net. And if you want to make a donation, you can donate right there at the top of the page if you're checking it out on your uh, desktop. But whatever it is, ICHC.net. ICHC.net. All right, Grand Bills, tell me why the weather is going to be uh, a determining factor in some way, shape, or form. You have me intrigued. Well, so I don't think this game is going to be decided by the weather. Put it this way, and I think we both agree, Bill. Like, if the Packers give up 200-plus rushing yards, they just lose. Like, some of these other angles and details. So, of course, the Packers need to contain McCaffrey and and do the most. But if this game is close and they're hanging in there, I I think the rain could make a difference because when it's wet, it gets harder to grip the ball. Right, Bill? This Mm -hmm. is common sense. We know this. Well, Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick. His physical traits, maybe not as impressive, which is why he was Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy's hand size, it's nine and a quarter inches, which is well Mm -hmm. below average. That's really only larger than, like, Taysom Hill and Jared Goff, who we know has tiny hands, struggled to grip the ball in in the elements in the cold. Brock Purdy, nine and a quarter inches. Jordan Love has ten and a half inch hands. And I, I didn't really have a context for how big that was. That's bigger than Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Dak, 
Herbert, Lawrence. That's bigger than everyone. Actually, just looking at ESPN, he has the biggest hands in the league. So he's got a bigger grip. He's got those big huh. mitts. That could, I don't know, that could make a difference. I'm trying to talk myself into every little element of this <laughs> game that benefits the Packers. So I now, never cared those, about hand size, but today I do. For those that don't know, that's from the tip. When you spread your hand out, that is from the tip of your thumb crossing your hand up to the tip of your little finger. Yes. That's that's the hand spread size. Because uh, I remember mine. I, I remember we actually did that on the air. We were measuring. I measured it on the air one day. And I can't remember what I measured out at, to be honest with you. But Probably bigger uh, than Brock was, Purdy. Yeah, it was because uh, I was trying to do it in comparison to some of the hands uh, that uh, you know that that quarterbacks have, and uh, it's interesting because a friend of mine, uh, he he's a high school football coach. He said, when you start a, as a kid playing football, you know, or throwing a football, because of the pressure that you use on an everyday basis to throw the football, your hand, like anything, the more you use it, the more dexterous it becomes but your hand has a natural growth to it and then an elongated growth to it if you're like a kid that's from the very time you're in the crib and and your dad or mom says hey uh, you know here's a football and you start throwing a football over and over and over and over over, your hand begins to morph to that that thing and they they do stretch it's not just because it's it's not just because all of a sudden you wake now some guys wake up every day and they're six four and They've got a you know a ten inch span across their hand or ten and a half or whatever it happens to be, but they say that guys that play quarterback their entire life will end up naturally bigger hands because of the stretch of the football, of constantly getting the pounding of the snap of the football and the stretch of the football from throwing it. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a thing for Jordan Love that he's been doing it his whole life. So he's got the biggest hands in the National Football League. Now. I think well. like a lot of those combine stats can be a little overrated. Like. We're not going to decide yeah. whether or not a quarterback is good based on, like, the cone drill or, or whatever. They're right. all just little bits of information, but there are moments. You know, I just think back through Aaron Rodgers' career. Remember the play before the Jared Cook throw against the Cowboys in 2016 when he was yes. hanging back in the pocket and he got drilled from behind, and he only had the ball in his one hand, and Aaron Rodgers with massive hands, it allows you to absorb a hit like that and, yep. and hold on to the ball. And that could make a big difference in a rainy game when I'd say the strength of both of these defenses is the pass rush. Brock Purdy, Jordan Love trying to stand back there in the weather and, and deliver balls, but also hold on to the ball and not fumble it around. It could make a difference. I don't know. Again, I'm right. trying to talk myself into it. Who knows? But no, I think it makes I, sense. I, I completely get it. I completely get it. Um, by the way, and maybe we could even hear this in the next segment, but Brock Purdy spoke. He said, uh, when asked about last year versus this year via the playoffs, he said, I feel like it's a little different. You know, just last year, I was still trying to find my way in a sense. Uh, I got thrown in towards the end of the year, and so every single week I was trying to play good and learn who I was as a quarterback and obviously get more familiar with the playing within the system. Those are all things that were sort of on my plate last year and obviously trying to win every single week and uh, get this team to the end. So now this year, being much more familiar with the offense, uh, who I am and all that, it's a little different, but it's good to watch the games from last year and sort of remember the feelings and emotions of playing in a playoff game. It's good. It's huge for me as a quarterback to go back to those moments and sort of remember what it feels like. Those are the things that I'm sort of banking on, and that comes from Brock Purdy. He also said, I feel like the first game was a little bit tense in terms of every play mattered and not trying to turn the ball over, but at the same time making plays and still winning and doing those things. 
He said, those are a little, uh, uh, those are the things I sort of had to learn in watching film. You go back into that feeling from last year, the first time in a playoff game, a, a good time to remember those kind of things moving forward and understanding what to expect in your first playoff game this year because they've been talking about how he's been off for basically three weeks. So he said, uh, just really kind of hearkening back to last year. And that's why he said, look, no matter what happens, it's not a bad thing for the Green Bay Packers to end up in the playoffs this season. But that is uh, Brock Purdy. Uh, talking uh, yesterday, and that is uh, the 49ers on NBC San Francisco. So uh, we'll maybe get that for you a little bit later, or who knows. But uh, coming up next, you're going to hear from uh, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur spoke to the media before his team got the hell out and started winging their way towards uh, towards San Francisco. So uh, we're going to hear from him. Hey, by the way, ABC Audio Video, if you are looking in an emergency pinch and you got to call somebody and say, hey, I, I need uh, my sound system went out or my stereo's out or my TV's out or whatever, Call our guard, our, our guy Chris and the crew over at ABC Audio Video, abcaudiovideo.com. That's abcaudiovideo.com, and uh, and check them out because they're they're not only good people, but uh, they do excellent excellent work. You can call them 262-483-6656, 262-483-6656, or just simply go to abcaudiovideo.com. That's abcaudiovideo.com, and you can see everything that they do. They can do everything from small TVs and small surround systems and sound bars all the way up to massive entertainment systems and movie theaters in your home and in businesses. Uh, great people, great stuff, and like I said, he did the massive uh, the great room downstairs and then some work for me upstairs in surround sound. So a lot of great stuff from Chris and the gang at ABC Audio Video. That's ABC Audio Video. Com. When we come back, going to hear from Matt LaFleur next on the Bill Michael This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. buddy James Mercado and the gang at Veterans America. I've been telling you about them for a while now. Big supporter of the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 1st. Put it on your calendar, benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. But uh, James and the gang, call them 262-745-3333. If you are a veteran, if you are a military member, if you're a family member and you're looking for a mortgage, a refi, and you want to kind of unscrew up what maybe the credit unions or the bank screwed up, they can help you. They've done that a lot for a lot of people that I know uh, via the veterans we work with, and they believe own the land you defend. That's uh, our friends at Veterans America. Call James, 262-745-3333. Just give him a shot. He can help, 262-745-3333. Matt LaFleur talking to the media. Here's what Matt LaFleur had to say. AJ, Isaiah, McDuffie, and Whelan. We were hopeful that Ja would do something today when he talked to us yesterday. Did he get out there and do anything? He did not. Was that uh, something bad happened there, or was it just. No, it just is where he's at right now, and hopefully uh, he'll be ready to go. Uh, we could potentially do that, but I think we, with the elevations and whatnot that we could bring up, I think we'll be in good shape. Anders get maybe 
instruments punting. I saw him punting before practice. Would he obviously be the emergency guy? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. What happened with Leland? Just he's sick. I think he's going to be all right, though. so my memory isn't super sharp at times, but. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you checked it. But you did a lot, of, you were under center a lot against Dallas. I'm not sure if that's been the way it's been throughout the year or if it's just been a kind of progression to that. But um, I guess, first of all, am I, has that been a season long thing or just something some you've kind of moved into here as the season's progressed? Every game's different. I, I honestly, when we game plan, I. Sometimes it's uh, you pay a little bit more attention to it than others in terms of just based on if there's teams have gun checks or, or whatever they may have. Um, other times that's just how the plays that drop the best. So and then you, you if you do it one way in the run game or in the pass game, you'd like to marry the opposite with that. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Matt, even if it's game plan specific when you do that, when you don't, generally speaking, would you prefer to be under center more? Man, where's all these under center questions coming from? I, I it just depends. It, ju it totally depends. It depends on who we're playing. I, I honestly don't, don't, I mean, obviously put a lot of thought into it when we're generating the game plan, but I, I think you guys are making a big deal out of nothing, quite frankly, but. Maybe not. Matt, um, game, game plans aside, Jordan said yesterday he thought that the Dallas game, all three phases of the whole team, was the best game that our team played this season. Do you think this team still has a better game? We're going to need a better game for sure. Absolutely. I think you can always get better, right? I mean, that's, that's our mindset. There's always something that you can improve upon. And so, um, you know, we're going to go against a great opponent. and. We're going to need to be at our best. Matt, it looks like Greenlaw is pretty healthy based on what they're saying on San Francisco. So those two get Warner, Greenlaw, that front seven. How, how tough is it to go side to side on, on those guys? Just depends uh, what you got called, the angles that you can create in the run game, and um, you know what coverage they have. So it, it's all dependent upon that. But yeah, their team speed's real. That's why you got to do a great job at the point of attack. Um, coming off the ball is going to be imperative, and that's what they that's what they thrive on, is their ability to to cause disruption with their D line's ability to get off on the on the snap count. How do they use Orange to combat that? Excuse me. You, you mentioned angles. How do angles. Well, it just depends what you got dialed up, what formation you're in. Are you in a bunch, three by one, two by two, and and where where are your targets? And um, if you can create angles in the run game, that's usually beneficial to the offense. I mean, he's a linebacker. He's a starting base linebacker, so they use him in both. I mean, you've got to be able to do everything. They, he does a great job for them. I think his he, he fits what they do defensively. Um, he's got great speed. We always knew that. He's a really good tackler. Uh, I think he's done a really good job. They play him, you know, when you get in some slot formations, he'll play out in space over top the receiver, uh, dependent upon their coverage structure. But I think OB's done a heck of a job for him. I've been impressed. Matt, we've, we've seen how Jordan's performance has evolved the course of the season. 
how has his leadership maybe style evolved, right? I mean, he hadn't really been in a leadership position before. And how have you seen that kind of develop in terms of both being vocal and maybe maybe staying the same too? Yeah, I, th I think it's been pretty consistent. I mean, he's true to who he is. Uh, he's not trying to be somebody he's not. I think he's a genuine person. I think that's easy to follow. Um, you guys have been around him. And I think you all feel the same way I feel about him. Uh, just he's a great person, first and foremost. He's a guy that's absolutely committed to this team, um, puts everything he has into this thing. And um, so I think it, it's just kind of developed organically, I would, I would say. Uh, but I've been super impressed. He just the more he's out in front, the more comfortable he's, he's gotten. And um, I think he does a great job, not only leading the offense, but as a leader of this football team. Uh, we, asked you, we asked you a bunch of questions about Tom Clements a couple of weeks ago. I'm just curious, um, you probably don't even talk to him if Aaron doesn't push for him. Is that fair to say? I would say, yeah, that was, that's probably accurate. <laughs> yeah. All right. so, so if you, I'm glad he did push for him. Yeah, I, I would say he's been great for all of us. He's been great for me, the rest of our offensive staff, the, our whole staff, our football team. Um, Tom is as consistent as anybody is in this business. Uh, he's always going to be even keel, and I think that's one of his best qualities. And he's brought so much to the table. I mean, he's forgotten more football than I know. And he's you guys know he's super intelligent, um, and he does, has a way of being able to develop people and quarterbacks. He does a great job with that. Um, I can't tell you how lucky we are to have him, and hopefully he wants to stick around here for a long time. You have to get ready for Monday night football and Thursday night football and Thanksgiving morning and all that. Saturday's rare. How's the week gone for you? I think it's been great. You know, it, honestly, it feels like Friday right now. So I think once we once you get past, it, it, I think it affects um, – the coaches a little bit more than the players, maybe, maybe not um, in terms of their recovery, obviously is a little bit different. But um, once you get into your routine, I mean, Tuesday felt like Wednesday, Wednesday felt like Thursday, Thursday feels like Friday, tomorrow feel like Saturday, and then we go kick off. So but once you get in that flow of the install, the practice, it's just that first day is, is kind of a little bit weird. And you kind of get um, condensed for time, so you got to be very decisive in the decisions that you make and just keep it moving. Hey Matt, I know you said this the other day about being ready for San Francisco that Super finished Bowl all that stuff. How do you how do you get your guys to understand that? Because we've talked about experience a lot, they may not have experienced a team quite like this. So what has that process been like this week to try and get them to understand just what that's going to be like against this group? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously we all watch the tape. And you can see it, it shows on tape. Their play style definitely shows up. But, um, you know, I, I, I've been impressed with our group in terms of just we've had 20 games or whatever it's been now to get prepared for this moment. And um, I love the approach of the guys. And we're just going to have to, you know, go out there and play with without any hesitation.
That's the best way I can put it. There you go. That's uh, Matt LaFleur wrapping things up. Speaking of wrapping it up, we'll wrap it up when we come back. Next on the Bill Michael Show. Stay right where you are. Don't- Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show continues on. Final segment before we, uh, you know, kind of pass it off to the weekend. And then uh, we're off to uh, the Northwoods tomorrow, and uh, we're going to be up in Tomahawk tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, Lucas Van S met with the media yesterday. Real quick, a little back and forth. Uh, take a listen to what Lucas Van S had to say. Anybody struggled if you get the chance? You know, uh, it, it is hard because so we have Anthony Johnson in the locker room. He, uh, <laughs> I actually lost a loss against Iowa State my last year, but outside of that, you know, we've uh, you know won every year. Outside of that, that Cyclone Trophy belongs uh, in in Iowa City, but did have two block punts against them. So. On, An- on Anthony Johnson, yeah, you pulling out on Saturday, it'll make things even for right. what happened two years ago. That's the goal, right? They always gave him that option. It was just uh, at first, I just wanted to get comfortable, you know, understanding what was going on, getting a better vision of the offense. But as, as I've gotten more comfortable and able to slow down what's going on, the pace of uh, you know, the pace of play, I've been able to kind of get back down to that stance and still have a good understanding of what I'm getting, what's you know, what's coming. Thanks, Lucas. There you go, Lucas Van Ass talking a little bit about uh, you know the rivalry with Iowa State and all that kind of stuff and and uh, you know good stuff. But uh, you know, look, it's it's been really one of the reasons you listen to it is because it's been loose in the locker room. Uh, it's been loose with the guys. It's it's you know it's uh, it's been fun to listen to and to kind of get the insight. Not necessarily when it comes to the X's and O's, but to the depth that these guys have kind of uh, the relationship, so to speak, you know? Uh, a couple of emails. J.D. says, hey, Unit, I think we need to be a little bit cautious with all the praise and accolades we've been getting given Jordan Love over the last few weeks. Yes, the team has improved, and uh, and as a whole, they're playing great. Everybody keeps talking about Love and how he's improved, his completion percentage, his strong arm, and the ability to suddenly throw the ball downfield, and he's proven to be the quarterback of the future. I'm going to agree that his pocket presence and his ability – to see the field has greatly improved. However, I believe most of the credit goes to the receivers and the coaches and the game planning for the receivers to get them open. Since they have begun their receiver-only meetings, they have been lights out and making some crazy catches and making Love look better than maybe he really is. His arm strength, I think, is still questionable. And if you look at the majority of his deep throws on almost every one of them, the receiver either has to stop or come back to catch the ball. Uh, and they're making some crazy catches right now. Look at Musgrave's TD last week. Wide open, not a defender around him, and he had to stop and actually come back to the ball and wait for it. And there have been several similar situations. I'm not saying that he can't be a good quarterback in the league, but I still think he has a lot to prove, just one guy's opinion. That's from Sam. Uh, And great show as always, um, he says, you know, so there you go. Look, he that the whole big arm thing, I agree with you. There are times that the ball floats 100%. But he has been able 
to find guys open. Yes, they've been schemed open. And, I mean, you go back to that, that Minnesota game. It was like Minnesota's didn't, defense didn't even play. Like the secondary wasn't even on the field. Guys were so wide open. And then it happened again in Chicago, and it happened again against Dallas. You're right. I think a lot of it has to do with the guys being on the same page. But what I have seen out of love on the intermediate passes between, say, 10 and 20 yards downfield is he's putting the ball in the right place at the right time. The deep passes, yeah, he's not going to ever throw a ball 70 yards downfield and have a guy run under it consistently. That just doesn't happen. But those intermediate passes, those, those chunk plays, he's been really good at, and he's gotten better, better, and I give him more credit for that. Uh, real quick, Ken says, a great show is always a big reason for the optimism is that Rodgers is not our quarterback. He was a great quarterback, but San Francisco was in his head. He had such a chip on his shoulder that it impacted his play. Something to think about. And that is from Ken. Ken, I will not deny that. I will not deny that. That's that's a great point and something we had not really talked about. But And now we've only got a minute. <laughs> so so we haven't really gotten into that. But yeah, that's that's a really good point. I appreciate that because I said earlier today that, you know, some of the, the game planning that Matt LaFleur had might not have been run because of the quarterback's obstinance to lock on specific receivers and only go to those guys regardless of the situation. And we saw that. We saw that. So I agree. Anything else, Grant? Do we have anything uh, we missed today off the top of our heads? Nothing too crazy, but if anyone has a, a spare couple of minutes today or if, Bill, you're bored and you need something to do, go look at the Twitter exchange. Robert Griffin III and Jay Gruden are fighting on Twitter, his old coach at, at Washington. Really? And it's just, pretty, Over? it's just pretty funny. I don't even know how it started, but Jay Gruden tweeted earlier today because RG3, I think, kind of blamed him for, for his knee injury kind of not preparing okay. him to face the pressure and the blitz. And Jay Gruden tweeted uh, last night, you weren't good enough. Kirk was better. Cleveland didn't want you. Neither did Baltimore. Quit blaming me. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know why I'm entertained by this back and forth. I don't have a dog wow. in the fight, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, RG3 has really, I mean, as an analyst, he's respectable. I, I mean, he's he's really uh, – there's times that he's on point. And, and I, I mean, not Dan Orlovsky on point, but he's on point, and I like listening to him. But, man, I, I do remember the RG3 thing. Boy, I you know, you go all the way back to when Gibbs was there. Wasn't it Gibbs or Shanahan, one of the two, that finally just said enough because Daniel Snyder, that was his guy, and they were playing him and beating him up and running him into the ground damn near. And I remember it when he came back from the issue, and it, I, it was like he shouldn't be out there. And they put him out there anyway. Now, I didn't know if that was Gruden or who that was, but I I remember Daniel Snyder just being in love with him. I mean, in love with him to the point that it became uh, almost a failure. So, good stuff. Maybe we, uh, maybe you got some time. Maybe I will check that out. All right, that's it. You hear the music. Uh, one more time, a reminder, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, it is the Green and Gold Watch Party. We are going to be live in the Northwoods. In Tomahawk, County Road L at the new Loophole Bar. Come on out and say hello to us tomorrow night. Really looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to be there afterwards from 10 to midnight tomorrow night right here on many of these same stations, or you can find us right here on the streams. It's the Green and Gold Post Game Show. We'll be breaking down the Packers and the 49ers, and we are hoping for a Packers victory. Hoping for a victory. Until then, time for us to go. Have a good one. Hoop!